1: This is Kits and Wagers. I'm Adam Zedroik, joined by Chris Owen to discuss Game Week 2 in the Premier League, both off a positive week. Chris, you're coming to us, a bit of some travel here. Uh, you're in Minnesota. What's going on? Yes, it's, sir. Uh,
2: it's, uh, what
1: is it, local time for you? It's 9.30, no. but in your actual home, it's
2: I guess it's kind of normal for you, 7.30-ish, so not too yeah. bad, I guess. Yeah, 9.30 out here, yeah, would typically be 7.30, so... Um, got a good night of rest last night. Uh, you know, feeling pretty rejuvenated. Had a good week of uh, a decent week of bets last week. Um, so kind of enthused about that overall. Um, yeah, big week. We're, we're here to week two. It just feels like we're back to the grindstone. You know, we had the uh, excitement of week one last week and now it's, you know, we're just pile driving bets in. We're uh, season long formats for fantasy. We've made our pickups for the week, you know, maybe Took a couple points in FPL. Uh, I know I did, um, but points. yeah, we're we're back, and it, it's 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 been a, it's back to the grindstone. Here we're making four more bets apiece. Going to preview a couple games. Going to hopefully get a couple more bets right. That looks hopefully. good.
1: Hopefully, as That's you mentioned with me- you, yeah, uh, nothing much. Just uh, did a little half camping last couple days, so. You know, got out in nature, kind of refreshed the mind a little bit. It's only been one week, but you know that first week of the season just uh, just comes fast, and there's just a ton of stuff to do. So, you know, got out in nature, reconnected with myself, and I'm oh, ready for I'm ready for game week two here.
2: You, you've yeah. reached your chi. You're, yin and the it's yeah, you're getting your yang has been met. Yeah, you're back in the yin and the yang, or
1: yeah, one in <laughs> one in each other here. Um, But yeah, yeah. the. uh, the Burnley Luton Town match is post was postponed a while ago, I guess, about a month ago, uh, because Luton Town don't have their their uh, stadium up and ready. I'm not sure if their actual next game is actually going to be going on, but uh, so that's why there's only nine matches this game week. If you don't know that yet, if you're if you're still setting your FPL squad and, and you're captaining, uh, I don't know, Josh Brownhill or, or Connor Roberts for some reason because you think they play Luton Town. Uh, don't do that that game was postponed they are not playing this weekend. they get a nice they get a nice break here uh the two promoted sides right after opening the season both with uh fairly bad losses but we got three games on the docket and as usual team parlay chris was 3 and 1 overall last week i was 2 and 2 that's including the parlay chris almost had a 4-0 opening weekend and then the Manchester, I think he took Manchester United minus one and a half against Wolverhampton, I believe. They just could not get it done. And, uh, I mean, I guess we that maybe wasn't even that close because I don't know if you saw the match. Andre Onana uh, took out, I forgot who it was for Wolverhampton, maybe should have been a PK, wasn't called. Uh, Turned out to be Fergie time again in favor of Manchester United. But they got the win. Chris did not get his bet, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I I just missed that. I mean, that should have been a penalty. I think most yeah. of us thought that should have been a penalty. And then, uh, what is it, PGMOL, the guy got stood down after his VAR decision this week, so uh, maybe he's taking a little break. I'm not quite sure how that works. But yeah, I actually that. believe they, they the, kind of uh, got away
1: with one. The the uh, team that ref the Manchester United-Wolverhampton game, they did not get assigned a game for this weekend, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, and kind of telling I guess. this week. Yeah. Yeah. As it's you can see on the out screen, <laughs> a little timeout. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitter, look at this. We got futures odds up. We got the some of those things fixed. So Manchester City minus 150 to win, but we get, we're talking about games here. Uh, you can compare odds at four different places on our site here DraftKings FanDuel, bet MGM, points bet. We're going to be talking about Manchester United again. Uh, easy transition here, Manchester United against Tottenham. Tottenham are home in this matchup, but they are an underdog here. Uh, What do we got? The latest odds here. Tottenham plus 185 to win. Manchester United plus 135 to win. Draw is plus 280. And then we're looking at over two and a half goals is minus 175. That's a pretty high number. Over three and a half goals is plus 140. And then under two and a half goals is plus 140. So Implied goal total, I don't know, about three or so here. So we're getting, we're getting some high odds. Uh, we have, I guess, Lissandro Martinez went off at halftime in the last match. Uh, some of that maybe because he wasn't playing very well, but apparently he got injured. We'll see if he's back. Either way, they got Lindelof, who everyone knows he's been pretty. He was pretty solid last season for him. Tottenham, no more Harry Kane. Um, I'm not sure. We do we actually talk about Tottenham? I don't know if we talked about
2: Tottenham. We didn't, we didn't really talk about them um last week or in the okay. future. We kind of very very sparsely touched on them in the future spot, but not much. So yeah. There's room for them to be chatted about.
1: Yeah, otherwise with Tottenham injury-wise, looking at this list, a lot of you know backups here, but uh Romero scored their go opening goal against Brentford last match. Uh it was a blast from James Madison, and you know, you kind of wobbled a little bit. So I'm not sure if he was actually labeled as having a concussion, but uh definitely went off in that last match, match right after scoring a goal. So he's he's the main question, but they have I don't know if I want to say fairly deep back line, but they have experienced guys. Davidson Sanchez came on for him against Brentford. So what are your initial thoughts here? We got the second match, we got the home opener for uh Pasta Caglu here as manager. And then Manchester United didn't really look too hot in their opener. Still got the win, which is kind of, you know, kind of how Eric Ten Hag has been playing uh, with Manchester United. Uh, so what do we think here? The home opener for for Tottenham under a new manager, is that, a, is that enough of a boost here to, to get a win?
2: I'm kind of I, – I think they could – you know, they're still kind of dealing with the fact that their centerpiece goal scorer is not not, not there. And they got a couple uh, – I mean, who was it um, that scored for them last weekend? Outside back, Emerson maybe scored for them, which is not something yeah. you really expect, but they're going to have to have goals be chipped in from all positions now that they've lost their talisman. I'm interested to see what if Richarlison can start to find the back of the net. He's going to need to, if they're going to have any sort of success. And uh, has kind of fallen off a little bit from his that first season where he came in and it was, like, super dangerous. And last season was maybe not as impressive as his, his start was. So we'd love to see him start to come in and knock some goals in too. But uh, I think for this match, and you, you talked about the over-unders here, some pretty high goals expected. And you look back historically, last year they played 2-2. That was at uh, the same fixture um, at home for Tottenham. It was 2-0 uh, away at Old Trafford for Tottenham. Or, excuse me, for Manchester United won that. And then it was 3-2, 3-0, 3-1, 6-1. So there's been a ton of goals in these matchups over the past couple of years. I believe that it's been pretty tough for uh, for Tottenham to find... They haven't won since 2020. That was, April, that, that was that 6-1 beatdown at Old Trafford. So Manchester United's really had the better of them uh, in the past year. So that being said, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of go. This is not necessarily taking a Manchester United money line bet, but I do like Manchester United over one and a half goals. It's uh, minus one fifteen, so you you know they get they get two goals there, and you're in the money. I'm just looking like like I said about their previous uh, score lines here. There has been quite a few goals, and United scored you know over two goals or over one and a half goals in each of the past five matchups. So that being said, I just like this bet. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we see a shootout here as we have in the past. But I don't know. What do you think, Adam? Looks like
1: you're on mute there, Adam. Yes, I was muted. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Game week two, you know, my mind is refreshed, (laughs) but uh, I don't know. (laughs) Still working out some kinks, I guess. I, I kind of feel the same way in terms of that uh, you look at the way Tottenham played in their opener and it, it was a bit more exciting. I'd say than maybe not exciting. Cause I guess they were kind of exciting last season. They were just, you know, terrible uh, defensively and allowed a ton of easy goals. But uh, in terms of your bet here, yeah. I, instead of taking something like a Manchester United money, line, I, I do like this a little more Manchester United over one and a half goals. I think it makes, so in case, you know, Tottenham get the three two win or it's a two, two draw or something like that. You do, you still hit this bet and you don't have to worry about maybe Tottenham scoring, I don't know, two goals in the final 10 minutes or something like that of stoppage time kind of a thing. So, I do like that because I was looking at last season and how Manchester United finished. I mean, we know what happened at Liverpool, but they still had a negative 11 goal differential away from home, which just isn't very good for a team that finished third in the table. And then you look at Tottenham, who were actually pretty good at home, 12 wins out of 19 matches at home last season. And then you throw in this being their home opener with the new manager. So maybe that adds a little juice for him here. So I think, I mean, you, you take what Tottenham did last week and really outplayed Brentford in a pretty tough spot. Uh, everyone knows at Brentford is, is, you know, harder than we used to think it was. Um, and they played, you know, probably should have got a winner at some point in the final 20, 30 minutes of that one. But I'm going over 10 and a half corners. There's a lot of different bets to look at for this one. And we didn't really mention uh, the corner numbers on the last show, but the odds are just going to be – I don't, I think this is my only corner bet of the show because there just aren't a ton of good odds that I want to look at because with the added stoppage time, what we're seeing, you know, at at the end of the game, we're seeing, you know, 10, 11 minutes stoppage time at four halftime. We're seeing five, six, seven minutes of stoppage time. So in terms of that, from what I'm seeing, all the odds are just getting boosted up. So, all these first half corner bets, like you're seeing over for four and a half corners in the first half, that's like minus minus one fifty, And then how it's, it makes it even more difficult to take under four and a half corners because there is, you know, those three, four five more minutes added into the first half. So that was my bread and butter last season. Unfortunately, I don't know how many times I can take it this season, just because you're going to get these, these late corners with this, with these added minutes. So, kind of unfortunate for me. I'll try and find a new bread and butter this season. I got 10 and a half corners. I just think that we saw what Tottenham did and how Manchester United, that game was surprisingly back and forth against Wolverhampton. I think Wolverhampton maybe had six or seven corners in that one. I think this one will be pretty exciting. That's yeah. kind of what you're betting on. So I think it's going to be up and down. That's kind of how pasta wants to play here uh, with Tottenham. So I think there's going to be corners, 10 and a half corners. That's Minus 115 and over 10 and a half corners. Chris is over one and a half goals, minus 115. So we're kind of in the agreement here. Both kind of think it's going to be – hopefully it's up and
2: down here. Uh, but I, yeah. I guess that's what we're both going with. I think that's what we're both on for a, a pretty exciting match here, just to follow up some of the, the previous results. But, yeah, I looked a, looked it up. Man United Wolves had uh, seven and eight corners for a total of 15. And then Tottenham-Brentford was um, six and three, so nine corners in that matchup. Yeah, that that Tottenham Brentford one bit,
1: was yeah. was kind of weird, uh, but you know Brentford playing with the three five two five three two formation, so a little little different build up there. Uh, the one thing I guess I'm worried about is that Manchester United they do like to play in low lower scoring matches away from home, where Eric Ten Hag it just feels like a you know a manager who's always battling relegation almost seemingly because they always are in these these zero zero one nil score lines type and and that's the one thing i'm worried about but i'm not sure that that's actually going to happen here uh, against tottenham just based i mean based off what we know from their manager and based off what we've seen from one match but that's what we got for tottenham manchester united next game we're talking about this one is on sunday west ham our home against chelsea we saw west ham Give up two points. They had a win at Bournemouth. They gave up a goal uh, in a pretty even match, I'd say. West Ham, our home against Chelsea. I actually threw uh, Moises Caicedo into the starting 11. I decided I, I gave him the call over Connor Gallagher. Uh, he was signed early in the week, so I think he's going to be fine. But also, this is Thursday morning that we're talking. Reese James, rumored to, maybe not even a rumor, but said to pick up some kind of hamstring injury. Doesn't seem like he's going to be ready here. I got Axel Desassi playing kind of as a, as a right back here. We'll see how they line up. They were a 3-4-3 in the opener against Liverpool. I think they're going to kind of uh, change that up to a 4-2-3-1, which is kind of Pochettino's preferred formation. West Ham, they added James Ward-Prowse. We could see him in the starting 11. Edson Alvarez, they added him more than a week ago. He could be in there as well. So there could be some changes uh pocket he's still in conversations to join manchester city as of thursday we don't really have a ton of information there so there's a lot of uh toss-ups here in terms of the lineup just because these teams have been in have been adding players have been in rumors so those are the main questions i'd say but we got west ham plus 270 to win at home chelsea are plus 100 draw is plus 260 Over two and a half goals minus 110, under two and a half goals minus 115. So, what do you think here? I mean, I mentioned all the, the possibilities with the lineup. Just, I mean, how big is of a factor is it you think here? Because, I mean, we do have like Ward Prowse and Caicedo. You figure those guys could be starting pretty much every match for these teams the rest of the way. So,
2: yeah, super good addition to get James Ward Prowse for West Ham, especially if uh, pocket is going to go to Man City. Yeah, I mean, that Casado, Chelsea just spend more money. They get more players. Uh, Casado's obviously a huge, huge addition for them in the midfield. Uh, comes at a pretty big price and will definitely – I mean, he's probably, you know, now that Conte's gone, just going to be, be in that engine room, you know, every time he's healthy, he's in that starting 11. So that's a huge gift for him. He was super impressive with Brighton last season. A little bit worried about Rhys James picking up that injury. I mean, I thought that – uh Clotch said that he was tired at the end of whatever 80 minutes, so they took him off. But it kind of looked like – I mean, watching the game, it looked like an injury. Yeah. <laughs> I think anyone who – who uh, with the open eyes, I don't know if that's just manager speak, but he would – It seems tired. like
1: manager speak now that what we know for yeah. the last you know, four days here.
2: Yeah. So they did bring on uh, – is it Gusto? Gusto? Um, I, I think he's yeah. a new addition to them. In the offseason, uh, he, he was uh, he was good. on
1: loan. He was one of those young guys who was okay. on loan, maybe at Lille, I think last season.
2: Okay, well, he looked good, you know, in his short amount of time. So, obviously, Reese James is one of the best outside backs in the Premier League. Right. Leon, I don't,
1: I don't want the French to get mad at me. Leon, he did not go to Lille. He was Leon. at
2: Leon. Okay, okay, good to know. But yeah, so he looked good in as a as a substitute. Obviously. Uh, held up well. I think they brought off Salah around that time too, and brought on Ben Doak. So a little bit different quality. Um, but Chelsea looked like they should have won that game. You know, and this come from a Liverpool fan. So I, I I don't see a reason why they can't go to West Ham. West Ham obviously probably going to David Moyes is going to have them pretty locked in and in, uh, playing probably a defensive brand of ball, but. I think Chelsea, they got all the quality in the world. They looked – I thought they looked really good against Liverpool. Um, they started a little slow in the first half, but they pretty much dominated from about 20 minutes on. They were unlucky that Chilwell goal got called off. They were lucky not to get that and even dominated, um, I think from a possession standpoint, they had a huge possession numbers over Liverpool and, you know, really looked like they could have came, in with all, came away with all three against what, what I would deem a more quality opponent than West Ham is. I think that's probably fair to say. So, you know, for all those reasons, I – I am excited to see James Ford Frost back in the prime. It was a shame Southampton went down. He's a quality player. But, yeah, I think Chelsea can, can go in here and win this. Um, unbeaten in their last three. Both of those wins did come at Stamford Bridge for Chelsea. And they drew, I believe it was maybe – I think they drew last season in, in the same picture. It was – yeah, it was 1-1 back in February. So, other than that, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here for the money line bet at plus 100 getting even odds. Yeah. Um, I think Chelsea, you know, you put in a destroyer like Casado who can just win the ball back, get it to your, your quality strikers and attackers up front, and keep cycling. I think that that's a pretty good uh, strategy, especially against a team like West Ham. We're probably just going to thump it long. Yeah,
1: that's kind of what uh, my bet goes out with. Uh, under two and a half goals is minus 115. Kind of just backing off what Chris said here, but I'll also say that you know, while Chelsea had a lot of great opportunities in their last match, it seems like they had great opportunities in a lot of games last season and couldn't score. I don't want to say, you know, Nicholas Jackson has the uh, the typical Chelsea forward stink on him, but he did have a, a, an opportunity that he, you know, absolutely blasted over net. Um, <laughs> so I, I still worry, maybe not worry is the correct term. I am wearing a Chelsea kit though, so I, I guess, but, Chelsea in general, I'm still not sold on taking their, their overs or on betting them to win away from home just because we haven't seen them with these players just score consistently, like with Raheem Sterling, with Mudrick, with these guys that can actually, can they convert their chances? We know that they can play well, throwing Caicedo and we know how they play. We know that they're a solid team here, but can they actually convert their chances? That's That's what we'll see here. As for West Ham, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about West Ham in our future show. But for the most part here, they got while they're losing some players uh, for the most part, you look at their back line. This is, you know, the solid back line that's been here. Emerson's taken over from Cresswell. Sioux has been there for a few years. And then you got Aguard who took over the starting job once he was healthy last season. Ariola is now seems like he's the guy over fabianski and then zuma so they got a pretty solid back line and i think this is a it's going to be sure chelsea may have 65 70 possession but i think it's going to be pretty tight and i i would say 2-1 is in play for either side but i'll i almost went with an exact 1-1 bet here but instead, I'm just gonna go. I'm not as gonna go as bold here under two and a half goals at minus one fifteen again Chris has Chelsea money line plus one hundred so yeah i mean what 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 score line are you thinking here are you thinking like a one nil two nil or a two one kind of thing yeah then? I'm what, thinking like, Chelsea money I would line?
2: another bet yeah, another bet I consider for this one was like a no both no on both teams to score it seems like uh uh maybe west ham have trouble scoring um mm-hmm. but yeah that, that was kind of the other one i i i thought about but i just like you know good old money line bet <laughs> no frills about it i do think chelsea can come away with this and, and brighton or uh, excuse me west ham will be interesting to see what uh what they put out there and you know especially looking forward to seeing whether jams were he should be in the starting 11 he i think he arrived you know was it middle of last week and He's had a whole week of training. He was He played for Southampton anyways in the championship mm-hmm. the week before, so no problems with fitness. And then Casado, he's had a whole week too, so I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the starting 11. Reese James, big, big question mark. Hopefully he makes it. And uh, I think, you know, looking at the match last week, Ben Chalil was probably the most impressive player on the field for me, so looking for some big stuff from him too. Yeah, again, that
1: formation will be interesting, because Chilwell played as you know wing back and still instead of a left back you know they add Caicedo maybe that kind of changes the formation kind of thing uh so that's something to keep in mind but I mean they did play with three center backs against Liverpool and it just kind of felt like that you look at their prior matches in the preseason Chelsea played a lot of the 4-2-3-1 4-3-3 and I was like okay we're gonna go 3-4-3 and the three center backs it didn't seem like they were all on the same page there. I think that was, uh, I think that was the issue on the goal allowed there uh, to Diaz. Uh, he got in there yeah. behind one of the center backs. Um, so I, I wonder if they move from the three center backs to a four man back line. Something to keep an eye on. I'm not sure how much that matters in terms of betting, but just something to keep in mind and an eye on going forward here. So that was West Ham Chelsea, and then conveniently the schedule. Lines up for another Monday match. We have Arsenal are away to Crystal Palace. And let's pull up the odds here. Arsenal are minus 180 to win at Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace at home are plus 475. Draw plus 320. And then over two and a half goals, minus 115. Under two and a half goals, minus 115. So I think the big news here is, uh, while we have Arsenal injuries, they may get Zinchenko back. Timber tore ACL. He's going to be out for an extended period. That's unfortunate for them. Uh, so left back is going to be their question. I'm not sure Zinchenko's ready to start. Could be Tomiyasu, could be Tierney. Something to keep an eye on there. But the big news is, uh, just in terms of Crystal Palace, they did not. Ha- Michael Elise did not go to Chelsea. There is heavy rumors throughout the week that Elyse was going to sign with Chelsea. Instead, Thursday morning, sign a four-year deal with Crystal Palace. Sure, maybe he'll only be there for another year or so, but he's he's at Crystal Palace for another year, which was more than you could say about him. I don't know, probably a week ago. So that's good news for him. Unfortunately, he's still out for at least a month with a hamstring injury. But Crystal Palace at home. Uh, what do you got here? I know you're going, I know <laughs> what side you're going here, but uh, Roy Hodgson home opener. What
2: do you think? Yeah, interesting that Elise is going to stay. He looked pretty like just another player that Chelsea was going to go and pillage, but uh, really good to get him to stay because of course Wilford Zaha went to uh, Galtarase Galt- Galt- um, in Turkey. So they're missing uh they're missing their I mean who's been their their talisman for you know four or five maybe longer seasons. So um, Elise looked really good last year. Good stay, good good to get him on that contract and obviously protect protects the investment too. So for you know they're going to go out and move him next season or the season after they can get some value back on it and probably, you know, as he further develops. But, yeah, a little bit of question mark for Arsenal at left back. Just a shame that Timber – he looked pretty good in his in his debut for Arsenal and just kind of a shame that uh, he comes in, plays one match, um, and now he's going to be out for probably the rest of the season. So that's pretty sad. But looking at the two fixtures last year, Arsenal won away at Crystal Palace 2-0. That was in August. So pretty. it might have been the opening game of the season last year. And then they won at home in March, uh, 4-1. So uh, both times kind of dominating Crystal Palace. I think I think it was Arsenal in the beginning of the season last season. That was super impressive. They got out to a big lead in the Premier League. And I kind of expect them to do it again here this year. They've added. They've got all the quality. they got Declan Rice. And I kind of, you know, look at the two fixtures last year where they won by at least two goals. I went Arsenal minus one and a half at plus 155. So kind of expecting them to uh, – you no, know, maybe it's not dominate, but at least you get on the board early here and, and kind of build a lead. Palace is they did score; it was a one 0 last mm-hmm. last week against yeah. uh, Sheffield United. Um, Jordan IU too. I think was it? I forgot who scored. It was it Edward, sure it was Yeah. Um, way kind of a big difference in quality in their opponent this this week, so I think they're going to struggle a little bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, might be the home opener, but Arsenal, you know, they're comfortable going. To, uh, to Sellers Park in the winning too, So I, I kind of like Arsenal in this, in this matchup. But the best best value that I could find was the minus one and a half for plus 155.
1: I think this is mostly a smart bet because you have one team we know that Arsenal can score. Uh, and we know that Crystal Palace continually have trouble scoring and now they don't. And they don't have Elise and they don't have Zaha. We saw in the opener 24 shots. They only... Got one goal. They dominated basically all of the match against Sheffield United, but still could only get one goal. I think that's pretty relevant. But I do want to say that I may have been too harsh on Crystal Palace on the early season uh, future show, where I, you know, I considered plus six hundred to be relegated. Maybe not. Maybe we'll find out that that Sheffield United match was just Sheffield United didn't have a whole squad, so they were terrible, kind of a thing. But uh, you know, Jefferson Lerma in the defensive midfield next to Decore may be just what Roy Hodgson needs uh, to, you know, fulfill his dreams of, you know, winning one nil games, kind of a thing. Uh, Last season, they added La on loan from Arsenal. You know, they had Will Hughes, they had Schlupp. They had a bunch of guys playing in this defensive midfield role next to Decore, but they didn't really have someone as consistent as someone like Jefferson Lerma. And I wonder how much that's going to lead to just these kind of ugly lower scoring matches. So that's one thing that, you know, I just wanted to mention because I did kind of, you know, downgrade Crystal Palace a little bit. Um, So I wonder if having that other piece in the midfield is going to kind of keep them somewhat relevant uh, above the drop zone, I guess is what I'll say. But still on the other side of that, this is just a team that's not going to score consistently. So I, I think Arsenal minus one and a half, especially at plus 155 is, It's pretty smart because, as I said, Crystal Palace, you don't know if they're going to score or not. But in terms of that, that's going to lead into my bet, which is under two and a half goals at minus 115. You you said last season's result in this spot was 2-0, and I think something similar could happen here. Can Crystal Palace score? I think that's going to be a question in every match this season, uh, maybe until Michael Elise returns. I know Arsenal have been in since last season they've been kind of in an area where they just aren't getting clean sheets. They're allowing goals kind of in, in dumb spots. They did this to Nottingham Forest last week. You know, maybe Crystal Palace get one because of something stupid happens, but you know, maybe they don't. I'm just I think this is going to be just a 2-0, 1-0 kind of game for Arsenal and uh, Crystal Palace will push, but I don't think they're going to get one. So let's go under two and a half goals, minus one fifteen. Chris has Arsenal minus one and a half, plus one fifty five. I'll, I'll ask again, what are you thinking for a scoreline, Two nil.
2: Yeah, we need a two nil for both of us to be right. So I'm going to say <laughs> two nil. If it's a one nil or anything else outside of that, it is not going to hit for both of us. So we need a we need an Arsenal two nil result for for both of us to hit.
1: This was one I was looking at for some exotic corner bet here. I considered Crystal Palace race to five corners. I think it's like plus two eighty, but I just couldn't do it. Um, we know that they're a worse team than Arsenal, and I'm just not sure that they would actually get to five corners. So I'm, I'll, I'll go with, you know, a safer and easier bet again. Unfortunately, again, under two and a half goals. But
0: we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: Fortunately, our team parlay is not safe. It is not safe. (laughs) The rules are that it must be plus 200, but this week we're going, we're going something a little crazier here with our team parlay. Last week, Uh, Chris had Brighton minus one and a half on his team parlay. I had Brighton over three and a half corners in the first half. Guess what? Brighton had three corners in the first half. I think they had a couple goals in the first half as well. Did not hit, unfortunately, but Chris, you are going with, this is one of the games we consider talking about Newcastle against Manchester city, but give us your thoughts here on a Newcastle. I think you actually took Newcastle double chance in this spot last season at Manchester
2: city. I took a uh, it – w- it was a similar bet. I took them
1: – Oh, plus one I and think, a half maybe.
2: Yeah, it was plus one and a half because the game ended up being 3-3. Three, three. I was like, that's a lot for them to cover. Newcastle seems kind of good at the time. They, you know, turned out they are good. Yeah, um, yeah this is a bit of a risky bet here. I, I, you know, Newcastle double chance at Manchester City. I – I'm a little weary, but I think you're not usually going to get this kind of uh, value on a double chance bet for a team that finished in the top four facing another team. I don't, you know, like if it was Liverpool visiting Man City, would would it be, would they get plus odds on a double chance bet? I don't think so. Or like, you know, somebody, somebody else like Chelsea, maybe, but I think you're just getting a lot of value on this double chance bet. Let's, let, let me just go, go out and say that City dominated Newcastle in these previous matchups, but it, except for the last one where it was 3-3. So I'm kind of basing this off of that. I just think you get plus 110. Um, Kevin De Bruyne out, I don't know, did I hear three to four months? That's a huge mess, um, you know, aside from Holland. Those are probably their two best players. Phil Foden's probably going to get an improved playing time, among others. Um, and so I think that they might just miss a little bit of a – a little bit of beef in the midfield against this in this game, and I'm interested to see how Tenali for Newcastle kind of matches up with them. He was huge in the in game one, scored right away, looked good. Alexander Isak was phenomenal. He's got two goals already. Um, You know that's not to downgrade City at all. I just think that this Newcastle team is is this quality we've seen. that They haven't they yet to get into the beef of the the middle of the season when you know players are playing with knocks, so they're pretty healthy, and uh, I think they can go in there at least get a draw out of it.
0: Yeah,
1: speaking of Tenali, it seemed like all of the new players that that came to the Premier League uh, scored or assisted or something in that opening match. So that was that was kind of funny. A lot of a lot of guys um, like that. But you mentioned KDB here. Looking at this line movement at RotoWire minus two forty about two weeks ago for Manchester City to win. Now it's minus one forty five. That number is just kind of creeping down there. I think though you mentioned about just in terms of the odds, I I almost wonder that in terms of the market here. I wonder if if we had all the teams play on a neutral field, I wonder if Newcastle actually is is the team in third place uh, in terms of betting behind Manchester City and Arsenal. Um, I I wonder actually if Newcastle may be favored on a neutral field against Liverpool. Obviously, I don't think there's any way of knowing that, but just given that opening result against against Aston Villa and, you know, the pieces they've added kind of a thing and just how they looked last season. It does almost feel like Newcastle might be just creeping into, like, this this top four category here if they can get these – if they can continue to dominate at home, and we'll see how they do at Manchester City here. But Chris, his side was Newcastle double chance against Manchester City. That's plus 110. My bet is pretty simple here. Mohamed Salah, two assists, plus 185. So uh, Salah did not get his goal in the opener. Uh, they are home against Bournemouth, though. If you remember back 9-0 against Bournemouth, la- Bournemouth last season, Salah did not have a goal or an assist from those nine goals despite going the entire match. Um, he also got ticked off last week when he was subbed early. So maybe he's going to be motivated a little bit. Maybe I should have taken him to score. But Sala to score, uh, I believe, was minus 135. Salah to assist was plus 185. I looked at those odds. I was like, okay, why not just take him to assist? And he, he got a bunch of assists in preseason. Uh, he's continually averaged, you know, more than 10 assists in a season. So let's just go with that. Plus 185 to assist. I like the odds there. And if I think that Liverpool are going to get three – more than three goals, why can't Salah assist at least one of those? So combine those, we're at plus 499 for the odds. So, Chris <laughs> – you are the Liverpool guy. Uh, do you well? First off, do you agree with the minus one thirty five compared to the plus one eighty
2: five for the to score and assist odds? And and what one do you, mean, you like? You're more? getting way you're getting way better value on the plus one eighty five. He he put in a what I would describe as sumptuous ball to Luis Diaz against Chelsea. That was a a great pass. And you know if you if McAllister and Sobasli can kind of unlock that 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 forward line a little bit more, they then. You know, I think certainly nine nil tough to look past that last year. So I hopefully they can go out and and uh and do the same thing here. But uh, yeah, I mean, way better value. You're, you're not getting a ton of value on the minus one thirty five to score. So uh, interesting enough to uh to the pl- plus eighty five on the assist. So I'm pro. I, you know hopefully hopefully they get a win and a couple goals. But uh, yeah, I'm interesting bet. And this might be our highest odds ever for a parlay. I can't really think back to one where where we've gone nearly plus 500 odds so good parlay i'm a little worried about my end holding up the bargain i like yours a bit more even though the odds are different but uh yeah interesting stuff what do you think a scoreline for that uh, liverpool game is going to be <laughs> uh hopefully they get a clean sheet that'd be big for them they need they they need a clean sheet they they're kind of lacking um, uh, i guess confidence in the back line i think 2, two 3 no would uh is what i would take just so they can get some
1: their uh, chi levels up to to uh, good good amounts.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, sounds like they're gonna they're in for. It's been a tough week for them. They uh, missed out on Lavia. They missed out on Casado. They are apparently bringing in Endo from Stuttgart. Um, yes, defensive midfielder yes. for about thirty year old defensive midfielder for about nineteen million pounds. I heard they need somebody. I can say that much, you know. <laughs> I would. Uh, it seems like they're gonna have to. You know, they they lost out on every deal that they kind of pursued. So it's it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a tough mood here in the Liverpool camp this week.
1: Sorry, sorry to hear that.
2: And and I, uh, I'm usually the offense, condolences to Liverpool so, uh, fans. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. It should be a good. Uh, should be a good result. Hopefully, they they definitely can't walk into Bournemouth and drop points.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I Anything, we ha- any
2: other games that we need to watch this, this week?
1: Uh, yeah, first off, I, I'll have my article up. I'm still writing it, the, my betting article. It uh, was 3-1 and one last week, so check that out once it's up, rotawire.com. As you can see here, I got the cheat sheet pulled up to get <laughs> access to rotowire.com slash soccer trial. It's a free 48-hour trial. This is the FPL cheat sheet, again, as you can see here burnley luton town are not on it but you got all nine matches all nine lineups and odds for all of them as you can see here implied goal total for liverpool is 2.5 so the odds are implying 2.5 goals for liverpool and we're getting plus 185 for Salah to assist which is pretty nice i'd say uh Otherwise, we talk about Arsenal, we talk about Manchester City. I mean, nothing really jumps off the page in terms of matchups. We got, you know, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, kind of a expected to be a bottom-of-the-table battle. Uh, we'll see what Wolverhampton can do in their home opener against Brighton. They got smashed by Brighton last season, but they – I don't know if it's, it's surprising, but people bashed uh, Wolverhampton for about a full week because they let go of their manager, and then they, they put up a pretty decent fight against Manchester United uh any other does anything else stand out to you i don't think, I don't know if anything stands out to you we almost talked about half the matches we probably did talk about half the matches so there's not much else here going on
2: yeah i think we covered most of it i mean interested to see if brighton can, can keep it going and then uh, aston villa really need a bounce back after getting smoked by newcastle yeah aston villa the unfortunate uh
1: losing multiple players to torn ACLs they're just they're dropping like flies yeah. over there so uh, unfortunate for them with with your uh with your Conference league coming up as well so it's a wonder if they may even sign some more people here just to just to put out some lineups in conference league because they're getting I mean we talked about their depth at the beginning of the season but all of a sudden it's like okay well, is, is Yuri Tielemann going to start in an attacking role uh, if if Leon Bailey isn't ready to start this weekend, kind of thing. Um, without Buendia in there, uh, they. I mean, we, we see all the questions. I guess Jacob Ramsey's not healthy, so I guess that's one thing. So maybe he'll be coming back soon. But Luka Dinya has been in talks of, of joining some Saudi Arabian team as well. Um, so there's just random stuff like that. It's been a tough start for Villa, uh, one of the teams that. Uh, I was talking about for top six, but that bet is does not look very good right now. So,
2: yeah. You got anything else, Villa.
1: Chris? Yeah, I don't.
2: This
1: is it Holland minus one sixty five to score home against Newcastle? Asala, minus minus one thirty five to score home against Bournemouth. Those are the those are the goal odds for the week. There. You can find Chris at chroan8 on Twitter. I am at Roto's drug. You can follow Roto Soccer at Roto. Warrior Soccer, thanks for watching all of these shows. We got a bunch up. You can find these in our podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to that. If you want our full shows, you can subscribe to our podcast, uh, our regular show with all of our bets. We're going to post our YouTube ones separately uh, for the time being. So those will be up as the games get closer. Chris, thanks for joining me. See everyone next week for game week three. Thanks, Adam.